You're listening to the Superpower Up Podcast with your superpower experts. This is the place where we explore real-life superpowers and give you the tools to unlock your own. Hello, everyone. This is Tonya Don Reckley, your superpower expert, and I have such a treat for you today. So I have with us today an internationally known founder of the Fifth Dimensional Quantum Healing and Awareness. Um, but not just that. I mean, that, that's, that's very impressive in and of itself. But, but Zaratustra is a spiritual teacher, master healer, um, and, and this is someone who walks, talks, breathes, eats, sleeps, um, his work here in the world. And then the, the walking embodiment of what it looks like to be committed to, to what you're called to do. And, and whether it's, you know, in the last 30 years of studying Eastern and Western um, kind of masters and tying all of that together, what, what you'll sense from him as we get into the conversation is that synergy. It is that real confidence in, um, you know, walking is talk. And, and we need that in the world, obviously. And that, that's what so many of you are open to doing. And, and so take this moment to look at him and, and listen to him and, and really feel into what it looks like to do this work in the world um, you know, unapologetically and to show up in that way. So without further ado, please, please join me in welcoming to this show, Zaratustra. Welcome. Well, thank you, Tanya. Appreciate it. And it's such a pleasure to be a part of your show. And uh, well, we're honored to have you here. Yeah, the honor is mine. Thank you. Absolutely. So let's jump right in and go into the dialogue of what are your superpowers? Uh, my superpowers is that the power of love heals. And that, that is the very treasure that we possess, each and every human being uh, on, on this planet possesses the power of love. And love is always here. It's our natural inheritance that we were born with. In fact, uh, we represent love on this planet and we do come from land of love. And this superpower belongs to everybody, not just me uh, individually. So uh, my mission, I feel, my main mission on this, on, in this life is to share this with, with everybody. I love that. It, you know, it's so interesting. I had this insight the other day that I, I was talking with a, a new client and it, it just, it just got, it just came so clear to me. It was like, I, I really do believe in exactly what you're saying that truthfully, all of the, no, no matter what everybody believes their purposes or their mission is or anything at the end of it or at the heart of it is, is this concept of love and connecting and um, and, and I think that over the eons, love has kind of gotten a bad rap. Um, you know, when we equate it to a simple emotion or, or, or obligation or, you know, all of the, the ways that it's been um, kind of bastardized through the years. Um, I know for me, it was really helpful when I delineated between, you know, the emotion of love versus the frequency of love. And um, I think that's why these conversations are so important, why we're talking today about the healing power of love, because I think there's so much confusion about that. Um, how do you help people kind of sort through all of that? Well, it's actually, in so many ways, it's very easy because 
um, to recognize this space, uh, the interesting part of it is not something that people going to gain, because if they have to gain something, they can also lose it. It's a matter of recognizing of a space or love, which is already here. And to recognize, to recognize that this space, love, this phenomenon um, is that the mind needs to quiet down because if the mind is babbling and it's going blah, 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 and it's really, we're very much identified with our thinking minds. So we're either uh, residing in the past and judging ourselves uh, of the things that we have done or we're worried about future. Um, of what is going to happen to us. That means we're very much involved in our thinking minds. Then the, that becomes like clouds that uh, does not allow you to see the blue sky. So um, what I do is I help people to go beyond their thinking mind, to go into a silent place. And as they arrive into this silent place, as they begin to touch this place, then the heart starts to open or the heart begins to reveal itself. And they start to feel love. Now, you mentioned something earlier that the love got a bad rap. Um, uh, part of it is because we're associating when we hear about love, we're associating it with romantic love. And romantic love is a complete different story. Or we're associating it as love as some sort of business deal. Like what have you done for me and what I will do for you? Or even when, as we're growing up, um, we associate love and acceptance uh, through our relationship with our parents as some sort of a deal. Like if I'm a good boy and I eat my vitamins and I, and I eat my spaghetti and I get a good grade, then, then, then mommy, daddy tells me, good boy, good boy, we love you. And I get that type of love and acceptance. So what happens is as we're growing up, we start associating love is coming from other world. It's coming from outside of us. And this becomes a very, very powerful state of hypnotism that we start projecting love and acceptance is coming from someone else or a situation or a romantics, romantic um, love affair. And then when it stops, the person doesn't give us that kind of love or doesn't show us that kind of affection or acceptance, then we crash, we fall out of love and we lose it. So what I do is I show our, my people that the love that they're really seeking is unconditional and it's always here, it's within their own hearts. It's not subject to any kind of action or deeds. 
whether whether I'm fulfilling someone else's desire or society or school or or the country or church, it won't make any difference. The the love is always present and it's always within my heart. So I help people discover that within themselves. Mm, beautiful. And and I know that. Um, so t- so talk to me a little bit about. Um... One, one. I love everything that you're saying about the business deals, and <laughs> I love the, I love the uh, symbolism there and the analogies because it it really puts it into the perspective, and and even I think all of us can identify with what you're talking about um, through childhood, whether through our own childhood or raising children, and it and it it is that um, that obligatory kind of place, you know, and and so I think that it, it does get kind of confusing, and and I think the distinction is very important. Um, I know that you, you are the founder of the fifth dimensional quantum healing and awareness, you know, concept. Talk to me a little bit about why, uh, the fifth dimensional, um, kind of overlay with this. Well, the the, uh, fifth dimension is a unified field of awareness, a unified field of love without the illusion of duality. Earlier today, you mentioned about taking um, the appearance of separation. Everything appears to be separated to our experience from the time we were born. But in reality, as you have discovered for yourself, there is no separation. This is, this is, it's all one. So fifth dimension is a unified field of love, a unified field of oneness. So the unified field of oneness means that by entering into fifth dimension, there is no other. So, and there's no appearance of others. So it's only one. So when I came to this understanding and this awareness, I realize that if I'm able to somehow direct somebody, the people that they're attracted to my work, into this place, which is within their own selves, then they dissolve into the oneness and they recognize the truth. And then the the work is done. The job is over. So um, that and the healing takes place by entering into this unified field of oneness within our own selves. It's not somewhere else, it's here. And it's not in some other time, it's here right now. It's not in an ancient civilization of the past or somewhere in the future. It's just here right now. So this- That's beautiful. Um, I love that. I want to. I want to jump in um, and take a quick break here because I, I, I really want to flesh this out more with you. I know people have a lot of questions about dimensionality and how that works and and all of that good stuff. Um, but before we jump to the break, can you um, please let people know where they can go to find out more about you? Yeah, sure. My website is zaratustra TV. It's Z A R A T H. U-S-T-R-A dot TV. 
Perfect. Thank you so much. So stick with us, folks. We're going we're gonna to dive into this concept of dimensionality and love and, and oneness here after the break. Um, but we're talking today about the healing power of love, and we'll be right back. Are you here to change the world? Do you talk about things like vibration, frequency, awakening, and consciousness? Are you pretty sure you have superpowers? The Superpower Net is unlike normal coaching programs and conscious communities. We provide training, intuitive guidance, peer-to-peer learning, intensive one-on-one coaching, and a high vibrational network of people just like you. When you join the Net, you get 24-7 access to a collaborative group of people who support you as you master your personal power and unlock your superpowers. If you're ready to use your superpowers to change the world, then join the Superpower Net today. Visit superpowerexperts.com slash the net to learn more. Awesome. We're back. You're listening to the Superpower Up podcast and we're here with Zaratustra. Before the break, um, you know, we were talking about the healing power of love and we got started talking about dimensionality and the fifth dimension and the unifying field and everything. So, so I know one of the questions that a lot of people have is like, how do you know that it's the fifth dimension? Like, where did that information come from? And how did you gain such confidence in your delivery of that insight? Um, in 2009, I, um, in a period of about six months, I started to get contacted. Uh, I started hearing voices and uh, whispers in my ears. And uh, I, st- I, I ignored them in the beginning, but it was, it just kept going on and on. And they were whispering in my ears, go make a business card. And uh, I'm like, what do I write? They say healing. And then after a while they say, go write quantum healing. And then it comes to fifth dimensional quantum healing. And I'm like, what the hell is fifth dimensional quantum healing? I can't even spell it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Less alone to make a fool out of myself, go make a business card and write, write on it fifth dimensional quantum healing. And who are you guys? So they identified themselves to me as my fifth dimensional guides. Um, so this goes on. I keep resisting doing this but it keeps going on and on and it becomes very annoying in some ways to be honest with you and i'm like okay i'll go make a business card fifth dimensional quantum healing but i don't know what it is and they say okay go on go online and start researching and there was nothing such as fifth dimensional quantum healing on the internet so i had to just go after quantum after fifth dimension and, and of course, I have a spiritual background from Advaita Vedanta uh, from years ago. Uh, anyway, um, the, more, the deeper I go into it, uh, the more things start to make sense. Now, what happened is sometimes around May of 2009, so about five, five six months after that I've been contacted, uh, these entities, these beings that identifying themselves as my fifth dimensional guide, they just take over my mind and body. And for a period of three weeks, I'm lying down on my bed in my loft in Venice Beach. For three weeks, I, I'm neither asleep nor awake. 
I'm in some, some in-between space. And they're downloading information. And it's, it's continuous. And I know some people say, wow, this is really cool. I like that. But it, there was nothing cool about it because <laughs> it was... <laughs> it's, Oh goodness! I'm so I'm so sorry. I know I'm interrupting you, but I'm I'm laughing in total like compassion and and sympathy in this. Like you're describing like my exact journey, and I'm like it is so annoying, and it was not fun. And anyway, please go on. I'm 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 really appreciating your story. Yeah, you know, I just you know just uh, because I don't want to make any story out of it, which is not true. I mean, I'm I. I'm not awake, I'm not asleep, and I'm exhausted. And I have no control over my body. I have no idea how I ate, how I went to the bathroom. I don't have any recollection. The, the part, only part I remember that there was constant download of information and exhaustion. So uh, the rest of it is an enigma to me of how I function those three weeks. Anyway, after three weeks, these entities leave and my, my life goes back to normal. And I had three weeks of normal life. And after three, which I'm happy that happened. Otherwise, I think my family were, was freaking out. And they literally came and barged into my apartment and take me to a mental institution. They probably thought I'm whacked out of drugs or something. Uh, you know, these are the stories I hear afterwards. So I'm, okay. I'm good for th the, the second three weeks, my life goes back to normal. And then again, they take over. And uh, so the, during the first uh, three weeks of this downloads of information, what happened was my right hand turned into a high frequency transmitter that enabled me to be able to transmit information in form of light wave to other people, especially doing third eye activations to activate pineal gland because pineal gland is bioluminescent and it gets activated with light or light waves. And also gave me the ability to do healing work and psychic surgery. Um, after that, the, the next three weeks, my life goes back to normal. And then there's a third three-week period that they take over again. And, and the same thing happens. I'm lying down on my bed. For three weeks, information is being downloaded. And the, at the end of this, three, this last three weeks, uh, my third eye opened up, or at least that's what they told me, that they opened up my third eye. And they planted a lot of information to be able to see things and know things. And what happened after that, in the beginning, again, was very annoying because I, I could hear other people's thoughts. And it literally drove, uh, made me crazy because my, my own mind is a handful of have to hear your own thoughts, less alone hearing other people's thoughts. And it's not fun. I had to learn how to shut it down. Uh, but it gave me a lot of abilities to be able to see pathways, to see the past or, 
or things that may happen with some people or events gave me a lot of abilities. Uh, and throughout this period, uh, the realization came. And that realization was an understanding of fifth dimension, uh, which I shared with you, which is a unified field of oneness without the appearance or the illusion of duality means there's only one there. And, and that one, it simply is. And it's not necessarily aware of itself. It simply is. And it's mm -hmm. almost literally impossible to explain this because we try to understand something with our minds and our minds can only function in dual world. So we, want, we need an image or an object to visualize what does it mean to be in a field of oneness. But the mind cannot understand it. But throughout the work I do, I help people to go into that place because that place is within everybody. And so they get to touch that and they get to get a glimpse of what is within themselves. Beautiful. And, it, and that's why I was laughing. You know, I could probably talk for days about all of these experiences. Mine, mine was a little bit different just because I had to see a lot of different places and things and constructs and, and concepts and, um, you know, I'm, I'm becoming a little bit more vocal about that as I'm writing the next book about, you know, I mean, I, I went into dragon realms and the matrix and, you know, all of these things. And, um, but, but my experience of it was very similar. It's like, okay, why, you know, who the hell are you and what is his purpose? And so, so it, it, in throughout all of it, I remember kind of asking like, why me? You know, like, what is this about? Like I was a counterintelligence agent. I didn't come I didn't have a spiritual background, you know, I was raised in a Protestant um, home, but beyond that, there wasn't a ton of that that was obvious to me. And so the connection wasn't there. Um, but it, but it quickly became obvious like that the part of the answer to that, at least for me and my journey was, you know, because I was willing to do it. And so, you know, for you, why you, you know, did, did you stop and ask that question? And if so, what, response did you come up with um not really i mean um i, I mean i i had it i have to say um i had a feeling from very childhood i had visions uh and knowing that at one point in this life i i would be doing something very similar to what i'm doing right now or doing what i'm doing is just uh, being a conduit of spreading love or, or being used to transmit uh, this information for whatever reason. So I kind of knew it from childhood. So I didn't really ask him why me, to be honest with you, because I had, I had, mm -hmm. I had an innate uh, knowing that that was a part of the deal that is going to happen at some point. Got it. Yeah. And I think a lot of people can connect with that. It, um, that, that wasn't my situation. I knew, I knew that I was special. I mean, that, I mean, that was everybody's special, but I knew that for some reason I just had a solid awareness of that. And I knew that there was something important that I was going to do, but it was always in the framework of very practical things. And so it's like, what is my job going to be type of thing? Not 
anything beyond that. It just wasn't in my purview. Um, and so, so when, when more of the spiritual kind of woo woo stuff started to seep in, it, it was quite a shock to me. Um, but it wasn't, I wasn't afraid of it. It was just, I didn't see it coming. Right. Um, and so, so I appreciate that you're willing to share your story from your vantage point, because I do think it's important for those of us who do this work to be honest about it. And, and I agree with you that, you know, and that means sharing the not so pleasant pieces. And I'm very vocal with people that this is not for the faint of heart. Like it, it, it will push you beyond all bounds of um, your comfort, you know, it's just because it has to, you know, when you, when you do things differently and you create new ways of being, or you bring to light, um, you know, the, the essence of who we are, that's different. You know, a lot of clients get frustrated with me. They're like, you make it sound so easy. And I was like, it is, it's the easiest thing in the world. It's just not normal, you know? And, and so we're normalizing that and the process of normalizing it is disruptive. And um, disruption creates discomfort. So it's like, I mean, that is the chain of events that occurs. And so, um, so I love what you're sharing and I love your openness about it. Um, I, so, so people are always fascinated with the, the visions and the third eye and how all of this works. So um, can you talk me through and, and share with our audience kind of what does that mean to open up somebody's third eye and, and, and how do you go about that process? Well, when the, uh, when the third eye opens, I mean, uh, a lot of people think that thir um, third eye opening uh, means that you are going to be traveling to ancient Egypt or go to the world of crystals or you go to other planets and all of a sudden um, you have encounters with trans-dimensional beings and blah, blah, blah. But third eye activation, not necessarily, is going to be something like that. Uh, third eye activation could be simply all of a sudden you have very heightened over awareness of things. And you sense a lot of things and you're very aware and very alert of your environment or what's going on around you or people around you. Um, it, could, it could give you... Um, all of a sudden you can start becoming an author, you can become an actor, or you're, you're a poet, or a very good artist, or you're a very good cook, or you're a much better mom. Um, you know, it, it could, it's a myriad of so many different things that can happen by activating the third eye. So I, I kind of wanted to clear this part of it because I have a lot of my students or people come to me and they say, I have to open my third eye. I have to open my third eye. I'm not seeing any entities or blah, blah, blah. And, and I just feel like clearing this part is you don't have to see entities to be a human being and to be completely present in your heart and be loved. Uh, because third eye activation can do that as well. Uh, bring us into this very quiet, loving, present place, which is more beneficial than anything else. So, and what do I do? Um, do a series, I created a series of different meditations that they help to open and keep the pineal gland activated. Uh, there's breathing techniques, 
there's active meditations um, that that I use. And ultimately, if I have I have someone uh, in person, they're with me, then I would just touch their third eye and give them give them a Shakti pot to get the pineal gland activated. Well, I love that you distinguish between that because I think that, um, you know, we, just like we set ourselves up for, for failure in so many other arenas, I think we do that a lot in the spiritual growth and personal development arenas to, to where we, we see gifts that somebody else has. I, I hear it a lot from the superpower conversation. There's, you know, superpower envy that people have about different ways of beingness and, and we, we uphold um, certain experiences as more divine or more connected or more powerful rather than really accepting that, that we all have kind of our own packaging for a purpose and um, in the, the delineation between what it is and what it isn't um, is very powerful. I, I appreciate you being willing to do that. It, it doesn't serve any of us when we, um, when we tie abilities into how we feel about ourselves or, or, or what we believe our self-worth to be. I'm all for exploring and pushing the bounds of reality um, and, and developing new abilities. I believe that we all have access to all of the superpowers. Um, some of them come more easily to us than others, but certainly we can train for any of them. I don't, I don't think that that's, that's an issue. The problem, in my opinion, comes when we think that it says something about us um, or about who we are or our... Um, holiness or our enlightenment or whatever the case may be and, and like you when I stepped into what I call the abstract frequency the fifth dimension and up was I, it was undeniable that everybody was already there you know there's no there is no separation there's no way to say well I'm more enlightened than you are it's just a matter of are we willing to associate with that aspect of ourselves um, and, and how do we get to where we are and, and can do that um, and, and so the you know i appreciate you bringing that to light I, I, it feels important um yeah. so thank you for that oh you're welcome and, and i'm sure you have experienced that uh look uh, this you you may come to these superpowers and these abilities and there's two things one is that if if spiritual maturity doesn't come first and you come to these powers you know in sanskrit they call them city city uh, you come to these powers prior to your spiritual maturity it could it could be very damaging and leads leads you to the dark path as we i'm sure you have seen it people have power but they use it in the wrong way and that happens in every aspect of life, not just spiritual power, but people who tyrants or leaders uh, or, or wealthy people or, or um, heads of the countries that um, political uh, leaders that they come to power, but they don't have the maturity how to use it and they misuse it. So and ultimately you damage yourself and everyone else. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we, we talk a lot here at Superpower Experts about, first of all, mastering your personal power, then um, attuning your individual resonance, which is, I call it, it's like Jedi training, 
and then and and then really using your superpowers and and along with that comes the commitment to using them for good and it's not it's not like pie in the sky or or you know it, it it's not fluffy concepts like the, the 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 reason for that is exactly what you're talking about but ultimately yes you'll do damage to humanity but you're not exempt from that damage and people can wield that power but at a huge cost to themselves Absolutely. And, um, and, you know, and so we, so uh, we're constantly cautioning people to make sure that that foundation and, and that foundation is constantly being built and being, <clears throat> excuse me, being strengthened. Yes, absolutely. And to build that foundation for me is that to help a person because, because I've already experienced it myself. I, I was a healer a long time ago, 20 years ago in early 1990 i came to healing power powers or or uh, became a channeler of healing work but i was i was damaged i was wounded and i have seen a lot of wounded healers and and i didn't come to the f full potential of myself until i i became to wholeheartedness and i became whole and and to become whole is when we fully come to this understanding that we are love, we're pure love. And we start to love ourselves and accept ourselves without any judgments. And recognizing that true love is always here and it, it comes from this moment, it's not somewhere else. So when we start to realize that true love is here and that's our very, very birthright. And for that, we don't need to do anything. We don't have to change ourselves or be anything else. It's just a recognition of it. And through that recognition, self-love and self-acceptance starts to come and our judgments go away of ourselves. And then the wounds begin to heal because now we start to see that I don't need to go get the woman of my desire or the man of my desire to be loved. I don't need to be rich. I don't need to lose weight. I don't need to quit smoking cigarettes or eat meat or not eat meat. I don't need to do anything. Simply recognizing that love is here and I am that. And when we come to that understanding, then we really come to our superpower. And this power is more, this, this realization is beyond having some kind of Superman powers of doing whatever, astral travel or going back and forth to other civilizations. Those are meaningless if I don't really love myself and I don't recognize myself as, as true love. And uh, you understand what I'm saying is that, that this very simple thing is the superpower. The rest of it, this is like, for example, you go and you order a nice juicy steak and you have potato and you have cabbage or carrots around it. Those are all side dishes. The main dish is recognizing who we really are. Absolutely. And, and I, and I love the synchronicity and what you're talking about the, you know, when I, when I first 
got the message about superpowers. It was kind of like, okay, yeah, whatever, you know, and, and I've been playing in some pretty interesting spaces um, prior to that point. And so I'm like, yeah, you know, I don't, that's fine. I can teach people that. And, and what came after that was, was nothing short of, you know, complete and utter shock on my part because I didn't, I didn't know everything that that was going to entail. And I didn't see all the foundational pieces that needed to be put in place. And I didn't um, anticipate the lack of foundation that people would come to this with. And, and so I started becoming very vocal about, you know, I, we, we have a, a, a process where we can help people discover some of their predisposed superpowers. And, and we started categorizing those into what I call cat one or cat two superpowers. And the, um, the, you know, my husband helped me come up with those constructs, but the cat one are like, those are pretty low level things like mind reading and psychic ability and empathy. And, and it's like, you're saying they're like, they're like the side dishes that it's, all of us have access to those things. The challenge is, is that a lot of people are wielding those powers without that solid foundation, without that aspect of self-love and connectedness and wholeness. And in our language, you know, we talk a lot about self-dominion and, and without taking full ownership of what we create with that. And, and they do damage. You know, I can't tell you how many stories I hear of, yeah, well, I went and saw a psychic and they told me this, or I got a healing and this happened. And it's like, you know, at some point, um, you know, I've seen visions of, of me lecturing around the world on the challenges with energetic manipulation and, and teaching people how to gauge their own resonance and make sure that when they're stepping into a space that they're not abdicating to something um, that they think is beyond them because nothing's beyond them. Um, certainly, we can get support and guidance and, and, and love from, from other people along the journey, but it can't be done because you put someone on a pedestal or you think someone's your guru or whatever the case may be because um, damage happens there. And, um, and, and we have seen it and we, we've seen, you know, mental illness and disease and people take their lives and, and all kinds of things happening because it becomes, people become too separate from the essence of who they are and they can't come back from that place. Um, and so, you know, they, they get a reboot, you know, they have to start over again somewhere else. So it's, it's just this kind of ongoing cycle. And I do see um, this trend in, you know, certain um, individuals within these communities stepping forward and kind of demanding that, that we take more ownership of that and say, you know, if you're going to throw those powers around, then you have a responsibility to make sure that you've done the work to support that. Yeah. Um, and, and it's not, it's not that this work is, is any more devastating than like, like you mentioned, whether it be politics or government or education or anywhere where we see kind of the negative impact of a lack of, of, of self dominion or, or self ownership. But it's, um, but this is the field that, you know, a lot of us have chosen to work with it. And so, so within that we can say, you, you have to keep doing the work. And I see a lot of these folks who built whole businesses and identities around these supernatural abilities and they sit there and, and they refuse to receive more guidance. So they refuse to have any kind of accountability or transparency in what they're doing. And, and they're scared. And in that fear, you know, they're like caged animals. And, and, and in, in that fear, they do damage. And, and if you're not willing to call yourself out and say, I, I really need to work through this, it, it, it flavors everything that you do and everyone that you touch. Um, and so I do, I do think that it's important for us to give voice to that. 
I, I agree with you 100% with everything you're saying. You know, it's interesting. I, I, I've, I've danced around this for a little while, and I, I appreciate the reminder from you that it, it is, that is part of the game. You know, that is part of what we've agreed to do is to not monitor. I don't think we need oversight in any capacity, but I do think we need honesty. And, um, you know, I find that a lot of the folks that I interview, you know, we're on the interview and everything's great and they're talking about this and everything else. And the second I turn off the recording, that's when they confess that they're afraid. That's when they confess that they don't know what they're doing. That's what they confess that um, their business isn't making money anymore. You know, they're professing to be this, that, and the other thing. And I, and I think that part of the reason why um, I'm able to hold that space with them is because of the due diligence work that we do, you know, and so, and so part of the, in the due diligence world of things, you know, that's, that's what that firm exists to do and to say, you know, are people really who they claim to be and are they doing what they claim to be doing and is it working before they go and give somebody else advice? And so for whatever reason, I become the confessional um, and, and it's, you know, and I, and I see it and, and I'm, I'm not surprised by it anymore, but um, I, I've gone through surprise and then disheartenment and all these other things. And, and now to me, it's just, it's just helping to illuminate like clearly the work to be done. And, and part of that work is stop professing to be something that you're not, you know, stop pretending that what you're doing is working. Stop selling it to other people because if it's not working for you, it's probably not going to work for them. And let's just start being a little bit honest about that. Um, and, and know that you can get help and you can get support. And there are people out there who can connect you into that space of wholeness and you can build from that place. Um, and you can do the work you're here to do. Um, That's what I was referring to the wounded healer. Mm -hmm, absolutely. That, that when you come to self-realization and you recognize and, and you recognize yourself, then your power, you come to your superpower. And in this recognition of ourselves is that uh, also recognizing that nothing is really separated from, from us. Mm -hmm. And all these pointing at finger to others, uh, that this is bad, that's bad, they're unconscious, blah, blah, blah. Which I see this very strongly in spiritual community. Yes. Well, I'm, I'm vegan and I do yoga and, and uh, I meditate. Therefore, I'm, I'm better than those people who go to McDonald's or, or whatever. <laughs> but the, the thing is, like, um, I don't see any separation that I'm better than anyone else because everything and everyone is an expression of the absolute. Mm -hmm. Everything and everyone is an expression of God, the boss, the one who runs the entire show. It's definitely, I wasn't around 100 years ago. Who, who was running this thing for millions of years? And who's going to be running it after you and I are gone? Some mm -hmm. intelligence is running the show. And this intelligence is in each and everybody. It's everywhere. So, you know, it's really funny to me because a lot of different spiritual groups, I've been a part of them, that, you know, whether, I don't know, 
I'm just using examples, were Osho sannyasins, were followers of Nityananda, were followers of Dalai Lama, or were Hare Krishnas, or whatever. And there is this thing that this group is holier or better than any other groups. But it's interesting, the moment that I think I'm better than anyone else or I'm holier than anybody else, I'm trapped into the duality that as if there is others, mm -hmm. you know? And right. To well, in, oh, go ahead, sorry. To come to the heart of awareness and coming to this oneness is to realize that everything else within is here in, my, in myself. I am a part of all of it, and all of it is a part of me. How can I be any better than any of it? And coming to this hum humility, uh, humble place to become humble of recognizing wholeness, recognizing all of it. And, and then the heart opens up and, and having love and compassion for everything and everyone but not necessarily you have to agree with them or go with their way, but, but having pure love for it without any judgment that everything and everyone is exactly where they're at. They can't be anywhere else. And this is all within the body of God. And you are that. Mm, beautiful, beautiful. I think that's a powerful place for us to wrap up on. I, I love um, what you're doing. I, I love what you're sharing. And I, and I really, really appreciate you being open and honest about that journey. So thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. And let's remind people again where they can go to find out more about you. Well, yeah. Um, my website is zarathustra.tv. Um, that's how they can find me. And also on Facebook, Zarathustra Espanuri is my personal page. And, and Zarathustra's Fifth Dimensional Quantum Healing is my, one of my pages on Facebook. So they, they can find me in that way. I do a series of different events here in Los Angeles. I'll be at Conscious Life Expo 2018 in February. And then the rest of the time, I do a lot of my work in Europe, and uh, especially in Scandinavia. And now it's kind of spreading to other countries. So I do work in Sweden, Norway, Denmark, uh, Poland, uh, Spain, uh, and it's opening up to Germany as well. Very cool. Well, thank you for the work that you do in the world. We appreciate it. And please let us know how we can support you. Well, thank you very much. It's an honor and, uh, to be a part of your show. I really appreciate your inviting me and I look forward to um, meeting you and further encounters. Perfect. I look forward to that as well. To all of you out there, as always, we appreciate your loyalty. Thank you for listening. Uh, until next time, go out, uncover your superpowers and change the world. Take care, everyone. Are you ready to discover your superpowers? Go now to superpowerexperts.com and discover your superpowers today.